the FMC released an instructional video on their YouTube page about how to file a complaint or report a Shipping Act violation. Did you take a look and still don't understand? Don't worry, I got you. Let's break it down. Hi, welcome to By Land and By Sea, an attorney breaking down the weekend supply chain, presented by the Maritime Professor. That's me. I'm Lauren Began, founder of the Maritime Professor and Squall Strategies, and I'm your favorite maritime attorney. Join me every week as we walk through both ocean transport and surface transport topics in the wild world of supply chain. As always, the guidance here is general and for educational purposes only. It should not be construed to be legal advice, and there is no attorney-client privilege created by this video. If you need an attorney, contact an attorney. So before we get into the discussion of the day, let's go through my top three stories of the week. So story number one, Hoppock Lloyd released information that they're going to be equipping their entire container fleet with real-time tracking devices. Now, I've actually chatted about this with quite a few people recently. This is interesting. I really like the premise. Um, you know, I love that we're moving toward e-solutions, but look, shipping's really clunky. It's metal on metal, it's saltwater erosion. Most of the time, it's just not an environment conducive to advanced tech. So I have some questions here. You know, just how accurate are these devices going to be? Are they going to be able to withstand some of the environmental conditions that they're going to be exposed to? I mean, look, I suppose even general location down to even like a 20 or 50 mile radius is a huge leap compared to our current visibility, which is pretty much zero visibility. Um, you know, and what happens when and if they break? Do you have to keep the container around long enough for a new tracker to be sent? And who pays for the inevitable detention or demerge then that would come from that? Um, you know, or would they be more like maybe stickers? You know, maybe they just get slapped on to the container every time the container is about to go out to sea and a new fresh one ensures the integrity of the data sourced and eliminates the problem of the of the environmental hazards. Look, <clears throat> I really hate to have these questions on this. I don't want to be limiting the availability or the ability of the tech to be tried under any proof of concept. New ideas aren't always released with full perfection and everything ironed out. We should be applauding this effort in general. I love it. Um, it's a step in the right direction. I think that we're we're moving and everybody, it seems like, is not just quietly calling, but loudly screaming for visibility in the industry. This is a step in the right direction. I love to see it. So story number two, the Bureau of Transportation Statistics, BTS, convened an interagency working group to compile freight information this is great. You know, I, I love when, when information of the freight industry is compiled together and it's available for the public. Um, I'm going to put a link to this uh, these findings in the show notes here. But essentially, the four different areas that the BTS was looking at was port congestion inside the gate, port congestion outside the gate, freight movement, and transportation labor and capacity tightness. Now, remember, I, I don't think that this is um, ever-changing. This I don't think they're updating this in real time. But it's still important that they are convening this information and putting it together. I think that, you know, data in any respect, data is power, and even statistics can be helpful. So um, go ahead and take a look at this. I think that these are these are really great having these uh, four categories and just this general data put together in a really helpful way. Story number three, again, themaritimeprofessor.com. We have a platform for all of our e-learning content on the website 
and it's going to be released soon. It is so fun putting this together. Uh, we're having a lot of people signing up for the email distribution list. Look, make sure to sign up for that because we're going to be sending out a promo code for the e-learning, so a promotional discount code. You're going to be alerted also to when the content is available, which, like I said, it's coming soon. Um, also, make sure to follow the Maritime Professor on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you know, it's it's so fun putting this together for both the e-learning platform, but also all of these fun platforms. You guys, this is going to be good. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of the day. So the Federal Maritime Commission released an instructional video on their YouTube channel explaining the complaint filing process and how to uh, report a violation of the Shipping Act. So in the video, they cover three different mechanisms for filing a complaint with the FMC. And I thought it would be helpful to cover this today because this is one of the most important things that the FMC does, response to complaints filed by you. And I applaud the FMC for putting out this instructional video. But you know, every once in a while, sometimes you just need somebody to break it down in real language. So, um, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of the formalness out of it. And we'll, let's just talk. Let me let me kind of explain what they're saying here. I encourage you to go check out their instructional video. It's actually very well done and really easy to follow. But there's some areas that maybe you want a little extra information. That's what we're going to do here today. So the three areas the video covers are one, how to report a potential violation of the law to the commission investigative staff for possible enforcement action. Two, how to work with the commission's Office of Consumer Affairs and Dispute Resolution Services, CATERS, to achieve a speedy commercial solution. And three, how to file small claims or formal, formal complaints, formal civil complaints heard by the commission's administrative law judge. That's the, the first judge to hear the complaint. So basically what we're going over here is if you find something happening out there and you want to report a Shipping Act violation, how do you do that? Um, how do you work with Consumer Affairs and Dispute Resolution Services? In general, they tend to do mediation type things. It's a more informal process, but it, it can make things, um, it can make solutions come about a much faster process than the, uh, the formal complaints. And then finally, they talk about small claims and informal claims and formal claims. And basically, if you want to file a lawsuit at the FMC for a Shipping Act related incident, how do you do that? So first, let's chat about, well, why did they even make this video? Good question. So when the Federal Maritime Commissioner, Rebecca Dye, released her interim recommendations from her fact-finding 29 work, we've talked about that before, uh, one of the recommendations in there was to create an instructional video for the public to address the issue of the public actually being confused about how to even approach the FMC, you know, one of her findings was that the public was often confused about how to even start. You know, if if <laughs> previous to recently, if anybody even knew what the FMC was, you know, they, they certainly didn't know how to approach them. So now I think more people understand what the FMC is and what they do. But this is so important because now this is that first step. If you have one of these three areas that you have a concern about or you'd like to move forward on, here's step one. Here's how to do that. So let's get back to the video. So what does it cover? So it starts with how to report a violation and it talks about area representatives. So what are area representatives? So, so like I said, this first one is reporting a violation of the Shipping Act. You see somebody out there doing something bad and you want to report them. So it talks about going to your area reps. And so area reps are people that are out in the field closer to the industry. So the Federal Maritime Commission itself is in Washington, D.C., but the area reps are one or two people 
from the Federal Maritime Commission that are actually out in the industry. So they have one or two people in all of these different areas, including Los Angeles, Houston, Seattle, Florida, New Orleans, and New York. They're geographically spread out and cover major ocean shipping areas of the country. And they're, like I said, they're the local guys, or or that's what they're supposed to be, is the local representatives of the agency. In general, they act as the local arm to the FMC. So if there is an investigation where they need someone to actually go to the office in question or go down to the port, these individuals are already there and can go take a look. This might be related to a complaint where someone says, look, I booked my household goods movement through company X, but now they aren't responding. Um, Are they even still a business? An area rep who's in that city or close to it can go take a look. Are they still holding themselves out? Do they still have a business sign? Or do they still have an office space? Um, They're also the local rep for the FMC that can retrieve reports of Shipping Act violations. So you'll contact them and simply say, You'd like to report a violation or suspected violation of the Shipping Act by, I mean, let's say Bad Guy LLC. Fictional name, by the way. I hope that's not really somebody's business name, Bad Guy LLC, but there it is. We'll we'll use that. So then they're going to review that information that you gave them and start gathering facts, checking into the claim. Does it seem like Bad Guy LLC is doing bad stuff? Or maybe was it just a big misunderstanding? Uh, If it turns out that it looks like Bad Guy LLC is actually doing bad stuff, the area rep may then send that information and some of the facts that they've gathered by looking into the matter to the FMC's headquarters in D.C. And that's when they might send in the big guns, the Bureau of Enforcement. So BOE, the Bureau of Enforcement is, as it's called, BOE. Um, They do just that. They enforce the Shipping Act laws. So if there is a violation... They can also impose some penalties, usually in the form of monetary civil penalties. So basically money is a punishment. So the FMC recaps who to contact, but I'd like to recap it here too. Um, You know, they, they recap it in their video. But so if you would like to report a violation or suspected violation, what they say is go contact your local area representative first. It's on the website. It's under the about the FMC section. So fmc.gov, and then you go to about the FMC, then you drop down to bureaus and offices. And then at the bottom of that list is a link to the area representatives. Maybe if the area reps are starting to see a little bit more initial complaints, maybe they'll have a link on the on the main homepage there. But that's how you do it. So you go to the about the FMC, go down to bureaus and offices, and then you go down to the area reps. Down there, you will see all of the information for each of the respective offices, the area rep names, the telephone numbers, and the email addresses for both the office generally, that area rep office, and the individuals themselves who are, like I said, named as area reps and on the website there. Now, you may even actually know some of these individuals as sometimes they interact with the local community through networking events. Really, it's just to stay engaged in the local cargo community because, like I said, they're supposed to be the area representative of the FMC and really understanding the community, the local community, and what's going on. So what information do you need to report a suspected violation? So the FMC covers this in the instructional video as well. So you really need as much information as you can provide, as you would imagine. But as a baseline, try to get the name and contact information of the person that you're saying is a a bad guy. So bad guy LLC. Um, (laughs) Get the name and contact information of the violator. Write down a short summary of the violation, really kind of summarize what's the problem, what's going on. Give them that information so that they have a really great starting point to start diving into the claim, um, the the reported violation. Um, 
And then when the violation occurred, or if it is actually still happening, um, describe or send any documents to support your claim, because that's going to be helpful for them as well as the area reps get started on their fact finding. Look, the more information you can provide, the better. That makes it so much easier for the area reps to determine if this is actually a big deal violation and how quickly or how in-depth their research needs to be. Um, look, you're not going to get updates on the violation you reported, but trust that the area rep is working on reviewing what you've sent in. Um, they might follow up with you directly for more information, but really that's about it. This is all about you're reporting a violation. They're not working for you other than, I mean, you being a general member of the public and, and certainly of the ocean shipping cargo world, but they're reviewing the violation as the regulatory agency that oversees this industry. So you've reported this violation and now they're looking into it to make sure they can provide good oversight of the industry. This isn't the method if you have a specific instance where you were being directly harmed. This is more about reporting the bad guy LLC from our example or, or the bad agency, the bad actor, because if they're allowed to continue doing what they're doing, they're going to keep harming others. So you would be reporting them because you want to stop their action. You want to somehow alert that this is going on. So what other options do you have? You know, you would work with caters, like I said. So this is another, the second section of the FMC's instructional video. So caters is the Consumer Affair and Dispute Resolution Services. I'm going to say that slower. The Consumer Affairs and Dispute Resolution Services. So Consumer Affairs, that's you, that's the people, and Dispute Resolution. So that is, you know, solving the dispute. I've talked about caters before. They have that newly created expert, export expert, say that five times fast, export expert, and they also have certified mediators and staff. So in general, caters provide services for two main areas. So commercial disputes involving the international movement of goods by ocean vessel and to cruise passengers that embark in the United States and experience problems. Did you know that this assistance is actually free? Caters doesn't charge for helping you with these. And I mean, that's great. Uh, caters works with both sides of the dispute and tries to reach a mutually agreeable solution. So the goal is to settle the ongoing dispute when caters takes on a case. Caters can only act in its scope of authority, which, like I said, is commercial cargo disputes, household goods, or, or cruise disputes. So look, where can caters help? And this is actually listed out really well in the instructional video that the FMC put out. So in commercial cargo, caters can help with stalled cargo, detention and demerge problems, lost containers, appointment problems, or disputes over charges. Let me say all that again. Caters can help with this. Caters is a free service for consumer affairs. You can call them up, and this can be your first instance if you're having trouble here. So commercial cargo, stalled cargo, D&D. &D. Household goods movement is the same. If you're having trouble with stalled cargo, detention and demerge, lost containers, appointment problems, or disputes over charges generally. Caters is a great first solution. If you're having cruise disputes, if you need help with canceled or disrupted cruises, refunds on cruise cancellations or disruptions, or disputes involving future cruise credits or injuries even sustained on the vessel, reach out to Caters as a first step. Um, you know, so remember, though, this all has to be in the FMC statutory authority. So that's the ocean movement of goods. And that's U.S. embarking for cruising. So if you have more questions on where exactly this covers, 
definitely check out the informational video. Um, you know, they, they really go into a little bit more depth here. Um, but you know, I think that I just caters is so underutilized in, in how important it really is. And, and it's really effective role. It is an informal process and it's not necessarily binding, but it's such a great moment that you can bring all the parties together and really try to, to hash out some of the problems here. They've done a lot of work on the cruise side. They've done a lot of work on the household goods side. Um, you know, I, I think that this is a great resource. So how would you start this process? The instructional video talks about this as well, but basically you email complaints at the fmc.gov. So complaints at fmc.gov. Let them know who you are, your contact information, what's going on that predicated this email that, that really made you decide that you needed to contact the FMC and talk about your summary of your attempts to try to resolve the issue on your own. Um, you know, including any offers that maybe you've made to try to resolve this issue. Usually it's not something happens, you call the FMC right away. Usually you want to try to fix it yourself first, um, you know, if, if you have. And if you have, then, then include all of that information. This service isn't just for individuals, though. Um, if you're a business, just make sure that you're listing who has the authority to make decisions on behalf of the company in the contact information section when you send your email. Uh, the FMC instructional video goes over all of this information as well. Like I said, I defer to everything that they put in that video, but this is essentially kind of an easier breakdown of what they were talking about. So also make sure to include any and all relevant documentation, obviously anything that you think might be helpful. Um, and then Cater is going to start working on your matter. It's going to be assigned to a staff member and you're going to get um, actually a reference number. So look, if that's not the way that you want to go, maybe that seems a, a little too informal. Um, you know, maybe you want a little bit more of like, look, I have a problem. I have a very specific problem. I think that the Shipping Act was violated and I'd like to file a complaint and I want it reviewed in a more traditional way. This is the third area of what the video covers, uh, the instructional video, the FMC instructional video. It goes into a little more detail here, but let's just kind of basically cover this. So there's two main avenues for filing your complaint. You have a small claims complaint, which is more of an informal complaint, and you have a formal complaint. So in the small claims informal path, so this is basically when the matter is less than $50,000 for a Shipping Act violation. So less than $50,000, not more than $50,000. There's a standard format for submitting this information for this informal complaint. And the person that's actually going to be reviewing this case is called the settlement officer. So this informal, the small claims is more of an informal procedure. Um, you know, there are rules and regulations that are contained inside the FMC's CFR. Um, so the code of federal regulations, there's all the instructions on, on how to kind of file this um, small claims or informal um, complaint. But the informal procedures are used in the small claims informal complaint method. And all of this is outlined, like I said, in the regulations. However, just because you filed in the small claims informal route doesn't mean that it's actually going to stay there. So the respondent, the person that you're bringing the claim against, can object to the informal process of, of the settlement officer deciding. And your matter is then going to get kicked over into, the, into a modified formal complaint route. And the administrative law judge will then be assigned to your matter. So let's talk about that. So what is the formal complaint route? So there's no restriction on the amount of damages um, for maximum amount for you to be bringing this complaint. So where the small claims court had more $50,000, this one does not have that limitation. Um, there's also detailed instructions for drafting a formal complaint. 
Um, you know, the FMC, it talks about this in the instructional video, maintains a log of all documents received for formal proceedings before the commission. Uh, this is actually in the FMC's e-reading room. So I've talked about the FMC's rulemaking docket for the ANPRM, the Advanced Notice of Proposed Rulemaking. It was docket 22-04. Docket numbers are also assigned to formal complaints. They're not necessarily assigned to the informals. Well, they, they are assigned, but they're not going to be listed in this e-reading room. Um, the, the docketed matters are going to be the formal complaints. And you'll be able to see, if you want to take a look at what formal complaints usually look like, you can actually cruise through the dockets of the FMC's e-reading room. You can see the progression of cases, maybe get examples on what formal complaint, initial complaints look like, and what happens during the back and forth of a formal complaint. It's a great resource to look up to see what others, what the the, the progression of other um, complaints and, and formal proceedings. So usually these complaints actually do have attorneys hired to help with the process, um, since this all gets a little kind of formal and technical. Um, but it's not uncommon to have pro se people, so so unrepresented non-lawyers um, in the informal complaints track. So I should actually mention here: usually the reporting violation to the area reps and caters don't usually have attorneys involved. Um, they can, but that's kind of the point over, over in those tracks is that they're supposed to be a little bit more direct consumer uh, so the individual can fix their problem in a faster, more informal way uh, through the, the caterers dispute resolution or um, you know, if you just want to report that violation of the Shipping Act. So, I mean, who can file a complaint, whether it's the small claims or the formal? Really anybody. And the FMC actually recently came out and said that anybody also includes trade associations and trade groups. Um, that was some a little area that uh, there was some ambiguity around. So the FMC came out and actually put out some, some papers that say uh, trade associations and trade groups can file on behalf of, um, of problems with the Shipping Act. So, But the FMC in their instructional video, um, they talk about this a little bit more. They say that the types of person filing may actually limit the outcomes available. Anybody can file, but your outcomes may be restricted because of how you filed in the first place. That gets a little technical. Um, I, I certainly defer that you, you contact an attorney if you have more questions about how to file um, or if you'd like to check out the FMC's website directly, you can you can review their paper that they came out with instructions on um, who can file um, or or the instructional video that we're talking about today. So in general, what types of relief are you um, looking at here if you do file a complaint? Traditionally, you're going to be looking at potentially damages, uh, maybe additional damages up to twice the original damage amount, potentially attorney's fees, and sometimes even injunctions, So, which is usually the method for stopping somebody from doing a certain activity or action. Um, so filing a complaint starts with reviewing the rules and regs for filing complaints. Um, like I said, that's in the Code of Federal Reg Regulations. That's in the FMC section, um, 46 CFR 500. Um, and that's where you kind of drill down on what the rules are. What does the FMC require? Just the same as any court would require certain um, methods for filing. The FMC has their own methods and, and technical procedures. Um, but when your complaints are ready, you email the office of the secretary, secretary at fmc.gov, and that's when you get assigned a docket number. Um, once you file your complaint, it goes to the ALJ and the legal proceedings begin. So the ALJ, the administrative law judge, may eventually come up with an initial decision or in the uh, small claims route, it's the settlement officer will be initially, will, will create an informal complaint route, will, will create an initial decision. 
Um, so the FMC commissioners, once the initial decision comes out from either the, either the ALJ or the settlement officer, the FMC commissioners actually have 30 days to decide to pull that decision and review it. If they think that maybe the ALJ got it wrong, or maybe there's something in there that they'd like to really flesh out a little bit more, sua sponte is what it's called, but the commissioner can then pull it and review it um, and, and say that the full commission needs to review the matter. You know, if after 30 days, nobody flags it, the decision's final at that point. Um, either party can actually also ask the commission to review the decision of the ALJ or the settlement officer. That's important. So if you'd like to have it, um, it's basically kind of like a, a pseudo appeals. Um, but basically, if you'd like to have the full commission or, um, you know, the full commission review the decision, the initial decision of the ALJ or the settlement officer, um, that's, that's, how, that, that's how that works. So that's it. Um, if you want more information, you can review the how to file instructional video on the FMC's website and or their YouTube page. Yes, the FMC has a YouTube page. Um, you know, today was really just about trying to break down some of the different areas that that instructional video covers. I think it's important to really sometimes put it into real people terms. Um, sometimes, you know, it can be a little formal. Uh, it is a federal agency. So some of the um, information and guidance can be a little formal. And so this is an attempt to make it a little bit more digestible, a little bit more um, something that everybody can understand. So um, the information is also distilled down on the FMC's website, how to file. Um, if you go to fmc.gov and then you go to law and regulation, and then in that drop down menu, they have a filing a shipping act complaint. From there, you can see the different mechanisms for dispute resolution. Um, unfortunately, actually, just early this morning, I went on there. The links are dead in the actual body of the page, but hopefully that gets fixed soon. Hopefully somebody's watching this video and they'll go through and they'll see that the blue underlined areas that otherwise would be a click-through link <laughs> aren't, aren't click-through links right now. That's okay. Um, I, I encourage you to go check that page out and just follow the FMC's webpage just generally. They have so much grateful, great information on there, really helpful information. So if you have specific legal questions about any of this, you know, feel free to contact me at my legal company, squallstrategies.com or squallstrategies LLC. Otherwise, if you don't have a legal question, come find me at the Maritime Professor. It's for e-learning and general maritime industry intelligence. Again, I can't say this enough. The guidance here is general and for educational purposes only. It should not be construed to be legal advice directly related to your matter. If you need an attorney, contact an attorney. Look, if you like these videos, let me know. Comment, like, and share. If you've missed any previous videos, these videos live on my YouTube page by Land and by Sea, presented by The Maritime Professor. And while you're at it, check out our website, themaritimeprofessor.com. So until next week, this is Lauren Began, The Maritime Professor, and you've just listened to By Land and By Sea. See you next time.